What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello there. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you on a Tuesday. I know I waited a little while to come. Uh, normally I do an episode on Monday, but yesterday was Abby's birthday and we had a busy Sunday, Monday. Uh, normally I talk about things in the Keys. So the Keys, we had a very busy weekend at the um, job. The Saturday night was crazy at the restaurant. I guess we had Miami people and we had some tourists, but mainly it's weekend crowd. And it was a busy weekend crowd. It was great, and I'm not complaining about it. Who complains about having a restaurant full of people and you're making money and you're nice and all that stuff? It was great. It was great. Uh, I was going into, a, what would you call that, when automotive and uh, cruise control. When you're, when you're working real fast and everything's flowing, you're in that workflow when you're getting drink, if you're getting drink orders, I'm ordering food, I'm totaling bills. I told you previously, listeners, that we use a, I don't want to be negative, I said we use an antiquated system. We use uh, three-part tickets and we write everything down. We don't have a POS system. So I get... Um, Drinks called to me, orders called to me. So when we, ha- um, if you're familiar with the business, uh, a lot of people don't realize this. When you give an order for food to a server or a bartender, that when you order your appetizers and your food, you mark it in your POS system. You put served as appetizer and you serve it as food, and you can list it and it'll come subheading when it, when the ticket prints out to the kitchen it'll print out denoting this is an appetizer this is the dinner and it gives them an opportunity some you know some systems are more complicated where they put all food tickets they'll put print out appetizer tickets so they could put them in the beginning or they have screens or whatever well we do it we have to write it all on one piece of paper so what we do is is when we've ordered the food already on the same ticket that we give to the kitchen, we circle it to show that we've already ordered it so it's not to be duplicated. So when it's, And it gets busier. You see all these tickets. You look at the kitchen, and I feel empathy for them. I know how it is. It gets real crowded. And right around 7.30, 8 o'clock, 8.15, that's when it's our peak. And we made it through, and it was a lovely night. So... This past Sunday, being Mother's Day, we had uh, multiple things going on. My, uh, we living on the rock here, 
which is called affectionately living on the rock. Whenever we have to go to Miami, we, saw, we say it's getting off the rock or doing anything that doesn't entail staying in the Keys. And a lot of times for medical appointments or going to a, din- a dinner or a, you know some cultural event, a lot of times we like to go off the rock because we like to experience something a little different. But when it comes, it's a necessity when it comes to either large items you have to purchase or medical treatment. We had some, on Monday morning, we had an early call for a procedure that Abby was having. And uh, I'm not going to reveal it because it's not for public consumption, but everything's going well and as planned with it. But it was going to be early in the morning on Monday, which happened to also be Abby's birthday. So instead of leaving here in order to, to make early morning appointments when you're we're about 52 53 miles away from most of the places we have to go unless we're immediately just going to the top the bottom of uh, Florida which is Homestead that's about 30 30 miles in we can get to Homestead but if you have to go to Miami proper is around 50 miles and there's some innumerable innumerable about places where you could get held up. One is here in the Keys. I told you before that if there's an accident in the Keys and it's backed up, you're you're stuck behind that traffic. You're stuck you're stuck behind that traffic. And if it's not in an accident in an area where there's a a by street that comes around, you don't normally it's less than a quarter mile where you can go around that accident, you're you're stuck in that traffic, no place to go. Now, on this stretch or what we call Cartsound Road. There's two places. If you get stuck there, the same thing happens. There, but except there's no uh, detour or even opportunity for a detour. If there's an accident, a lot of times it just blocks the road. The road is blocked up, and there's you're not going anywhere. And then you have traffic on the mainland. So you have to. The further you go, the more time you have to give as a bumper, especially when it's time buffered. So. Uh, we made a decision uh, during the week that maybe we should spend Sunday, since I had Sunday off up in South Beach. But we weren't exactly sure. And this past weekend was the Miami Grand Prix. So there's more people in town. But, you know, Miami's normally busy and stuff like that. But we were able to get a room uh, in South Beach. I know I'm going to drum over it. I'm not going to go into it. And we decided instead of staying at a big hotel, we wanted to go to a boutique, one of those boutique motels, or hotels, actually. And we're not talking crap holes. We're talking little hotels, right? Little uh, uh, boutique hotel. That's ex- exactly what it is. So we went up there. And, you know, when you're using a, one of those hotel purchasing apps, it's like... As if you're on Match.com and people are, when people are on Match.com, they put the most flattering picture they have. They'll take hundreds and hundreds of pictures. They'll get themselves made up. They'll use filters and everything to really doctor the picture to make them look as pretty as possible. Right? Even Photoshop. And with hotels, you know they're going to have one. I, I play, stayed in a place in Dover, Delaware. And the picture they had was worlds better 
than what was actually what you went in to see. I mean, actually, they should have one of these things on these rental sites that give you the smell of the room. That would become, if they could recreate the smell, because that was something. But the place we were going, they actually give you the square footage, and we knew the rooms were going to be kind of tiny. It was a tiny room. But it was really a beautiful hotel. We went up there. And going to South Beach is a different experience because you're going through Miami and all that stuff. And Miami being a big city, especially on the East Coast, has its traffic and its own ambiance, the skyscrapers and everything, the highways. As you get uh, through Miami, you start heading to South Beach, you go over a causeway. And once you get into South Beach, they have some of the hotels. They get up to multi, you know, many multi-story hotels. And they, I, I really, I'm trying to remember, but they're not the skyscrapers they have in Miami. Some they have some of the fancy hotels and all that stuff, and then you have the boutique hotel. But South Beach is is a, a resort town, and they take they take extra special care of cleaning up the roadsides. They have extra wide thoroughfares. They have all the, they have this uh, rental bikes and rental scooters and coffee houses, bars, restaurants, and all those. And obviously, you have the beach. So when you get there, it's it's South Beach is lovely. It's a lovely place. I mean, for me, some people it's not their cup of tea, but I, we liked it. So we. We get in the area, drive in there. It's really a beautiful, beautiful place to go, I'm saying. And we get to the boutique hotel, and it's this little hotel. Little hotel, you go in there, and there's a very friendly young woman at the front desk. Very informative. They set us up. They set up to the room. We go up to the room, tiny room that's very clean um, and, and well-appointed for a tiny room. And when you're in South Beach, Sometimes you can get it. We weren't just staying overnight. We were just looking for a place to stay. So we had a nice little room, clean bathroom, clean floors, clean linen, everything very clean, neat, fresh smelling with all the accoutrements, just like Wi-Fi and the chargers and the things you need. And they have a tiny pool on their pool deck with things. And it was somewhat cloudy, but not. it, it spritzed a little, and we had that. And it, it was just a, a lovely time. It was really a lovely time, even though we were just staying overnight. And the plan was that, yeah, we'd have to get up early in the morning, but not as quite as early because we, we were only 10 miles away from our destination in the morning than going 52 miles and having all those. And we had so many alternate routes we could take to go to our destination when we were in. Uh, South Beach. So we were there. So we only we could get up an hour later, stay you know stay up the same, just as long as we, we we wanted to. Now while we were there, we had a friend from Poland, uh, a flight attendant. We I spoke to her in a previous episode too. They gave, she gave us a uh, Sky and I a tour of Warsaw. We're actually friends with her family. And she was flying over, and she was visiting with other members of her crew. They decided to come by South Beach, and she came and visited us. And Abby and I went into this this tiny bar that's connected to the hotel. 
where I met uh, the bartender Layla and her boyfriend Dito, who's a DJ in South Beach. Layla and Dito, very nice. And it was, a, it was one of those bars you go into, those tiny bars um, that, uh, yeah, I, I posted a picture. I don't think we're in that bar, but I have other pictures, and I'll post it on the, I always threaten that I'm going to post pictures on the Keys bartender site. I think I'm going to post a bunch of pictures. I'm going to have to do it, and I'm going to have to do it after the, this episode. But we went in there. It was a tiny bar, wood. Um, they had, it was, gosh, when I say tiny, I'm going to have to say it was 35 feet to maybe 40 feet across. And one side of it was deep, about eight, eight to 10 feet. And they had a, I saw some DJ equipment, two spin tables connected. And it was set up in the DJ fashion off the side. And I said, where the hell are people going to dance? But they have a DJ, this little bar, but it was, they had craft uh, liquors. She had all the, uh, the bartender, Layla, had the uh, uh, different things like basil, sage, and rosemary to make different craft cocktails. Uh, it was just a lovely setup, great glassware, kind of eclectic place. And the little bar opened up at 5 o'clock, and it was open, I think it stayed open till 3, if I'm not correct, on Sunday night, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm from Philadelphia, and 3 o'clock in the morning, you'd be, you know. And that that's pretty good. And there's other places down there that would stay open probably till the morning, till 7 o'clock. So we're in there. A friend from Poland came over and visited uh, Justina and then some of her f- fellow friends. But later on that day, we were in, uh, Abby and I had gone up to the pool, and I had uh, jumped in the pool. And these tiny pools at these, you know how these motels are, they just drench they, there's a high, I guess, high concentration of chlorine. And I jumped in the pool, and I'm wearing a wet bathing suit, and we're sitting there talking. Abby's having a little uh, Prosecco. I'm having, uh, uh, what am I, drinking ginger beer. And ginger beer, if you, just so you know, ginger beer is non-alcoholic. There's no alcohol in ginger beer. It's, it's like ginger ale without the sugar. But they use it for things like Moscow Mules, Dark and Stormies, all these drinks they use ginger beer in. It's a, it's a, the ginger beer comes from the Caribbean. And it's really refreshing. Actually, if you want to, you know, a drink that's not, has a lot of sugar in it, ginger beers, most ginger beer has lower sugar than soda. So we're hanging out and, uh, our friend is having a drink, and then her friends come along. We have a, a great time. But I'm sitting on the bar stool in my wet bathing suit, and we have the um, bar towels, the uh, uh, beach towels that they provide us at a hotel. And I get the, uh, I, not to be crude, but my ass was itching. And it wasn't the crack. It was just my ass cheeks when I'm sitting there. I just get this when I'm sitting. When I get, there's a lot of chlorine. And I get the the stereotypical ants in the pants. 
I got to run up and take a shower. I mean, people are looking at me going, it's like, I can't, I can't take it. I can't do it. Take it. I just got to run upstairs. And it must seem, but, and when you have to do something like that, you want to just, you don't want to say, I got to run upstairs and you don't want to pe- leave people guessing. That's me. That's the way I operate. So I decided to tell him, I said, listen, my ass itches like crazy. So that was the only drawback of that time right there. And we, we had a lovely visit. And then Abby and I are saying we didn't really eat that much that day because we knew we were going out and we were just trying to manage our intake of food because I wanted to take her to a, a nice restaurant. And, you know, when you want to go to a nice restaurant, things like that, at least this is what I like to do. I like to um, not be, I like to be hungry when I go to a good restaurant. I want to sample their fare. And we're asking around. And the two people we asked, one was the the bartender and one was the front desk clerk. And I'm sorry to say her name because she was very informative too. Um, They told us the same restaurant. And then I had looked it up earlier. And the impression I got from looking it up, that was a tiny place because there wasn't a lot of different mentionings of their menu and different items. But it was a a fine restaurant. It was an Argentinian steakhouse on the main drag, Fifth, uh, Fifth Avenue or Fifth Street in South Beach. And it was less than a block. It was exactly a block away. A two-minute walk. Two-minute walk. And we get there. Abby and I, Abby's dressed beautifully. Um, as you can see in the, in the picture uh, that I posted for the cover of the show. And we get there and we see the host. Now, I'm always thinking, the host, is this the guy where you slip the mater D some money or something like that? And I guess the guy was pausing for that and I didn't do that. I could have, I should have, I guess I was supposed to slip him a 20 because he paused and I didn't, I didn't get it because I've always had uh, reservations before. And we were asking, we came up, we said, well, listen, we don't have any reservations. Can you fit us in? And he made that face and I think I knew at that time. And he gave us a good table, actually. We, we thought it was a good table. Maybe we could, could have gotten a better table. Maybe we saved a better table for other people. Because we got there, there was a couple tables available, and they were still available. Some of them were still available when we got back, when we got finished. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get the, I didn't catch the vibe till I sat down. I said, "Oh, maybe I should have taken care of the guy because he made a face." And uh, what was it called? It was the name of the restaurant was Oria, O R I L L A, Oria. You know, when you get the two L's in Spanish, you kind of get, yeah, yeah. So, we it's an Argentinian bar and steak. Uh, it's a, a Ria bar and grill. I went there, nicely appointed, right on the uh, tables outside. They had a patio. And the temperature was perfect that night. It was in the low 70s. It's a cool, but not too cool. And uh, just a beautiful restaurant. Great service. N- nice people. And... We ordered, we had a nice appetizer of tuna, uh, rare tuna, and that was delicious. It was it tasted very fresh. And then we ordered something, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it. On their menu, it was called the po- podrilla, podrilla, 
P-O-D-R-I-L-L-A, maybe. And it was kind of featured in the center. It was a little pricey for two people. Um, but, you know, we were... It, it, it was it was nice. South everything's pricey in South Beach. Maybe it's not pricey for down there. It was 120 for that. But what it was, it was a complete meal for at least two people. It looks like two people. But what they bring out and what's in it was um, a, a seven ounce flamingon, a seven ounce flank steak, uh, two lamb chops, a half roast chicken, and chorizo with two sides and you know we were careful I asked her when we were ordering appetizers hey listen we don't want to eat too many appetizers because if we're going to get this one thing we don't want to and we barely we barely finished it and it comes out as beautiful on this wooden uh, uh, board that's about I'm going to say 18 inches and in the center of the board, there's a grill area, and there's some kind of heating element in there. They, they put all the meats on it so it stays hot. Because there was a, even though each piece wasn't huge, there was a, you know, after getting everything, it was just, it was a lot. And I struggled to finish. And we sat there and we ate. I had an espresso, and it was just lovely. It was, uh, uh, a nice find when you find a restaurant you're thinking because you can always make the wrong choice and we made the wrong choices before and then while we were doing that we knew that our friend from Poland wanted to meet us and we ended up um, when we were finished after we had a little dessert at the Oria uh, we ended up going back to our hotel finding our friend and went going across the street now in the companion hotel that's owned by the same company they have a nice little artesian pizza place underneath italian artesian pizza place on the first floor with a tiny little bar a bar with four seats tinier than but it was, it was nice it was kind of really everything's deco art deco down in uh south beach Matter of fact, there's a show that features that's called Deco Drive, and it's, it's all Art Deco down there. And I think they're really good at keeping that type of style around. And and so we sat in; they had a nice table. We had a, a a friendly server, and we sat down, Abby and I, and we had just finished eating, stuffing ourselves. But it was like at 45 minutes after a meal, and then I said. I think I can eat a salad. And I ordered arugula, arugula salad. And it was delicious. I ate everything. And I had some espresso. I asked for a zero-zero beer, and the girl never heard of it. The server never heard of it. And she said, I said, could you ask the bartender? And she asked the bartender. And she goes, oh, I never heard this existed. I said, well, and then I went over. I said, listen, you know, with N.A. beer, they have a little bit of alcohol in it. But this zero-zero has none. And she, oh, I'm glad. So I asked her for that. And then I asked for something else. They didn't have it. And she was kind of embarrassed. And I said, listen, I work in the business. I know how it is. Don't be embarrassed. It happens. It happens sometimes. And people get upset. You know, that's their problem. You know, you can't know everything. So we're sitting there. And it was a very nice place. We had nice food. And we hung out there for a while. And uh, 
ended up going to sleep. And in order, the funny thing about it, we're staying at this nice little hotel where they take, you know, because there's South Beach, like many other uh, destinations, vacation destinations, not a lot of excess parking, which we could have found it because they have this new app. You ever use that app? It's called um, Pay by Phone. And they give you locations if you're in a city that uses this uh, application where you put in your location and your car and your license plate, which is you have preloaded on the on the app already. And you say, I'm in location 90380. Right? And then um, you pay. You pay for your parking there. I think it's great. But we use the valet. So we got up, got the valet and all that stuff. And it was just a uh, pretty much, you know, we'd get out and we'd be, we don't have to get up as early. Well, it turns out it's a beautiful place, but we can't sleep. We always have a problem getting adjusted whenever we're staying in a new place. And I guess we weren't tired enough. So I slept maybe three hours, had to get up, ended up going to the hospital, sitting there and... We, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to go in detail on, on what the medical procedure was, but I'm sitting in there and I'm, we go to this surgical area where people drop off in Miami. When we get to, well, actually when we get to the hospital, I was using a mapping app and it put me, to get in the hospital, it was trying to put me in the exit that comes out on Route 1, which is a major highway through the middle of Miami, the north-south uh, axis of the Miami townships, Miami Beach, Coral Gables, and all that stuff. That's the main thoroughfare there. That's ground level, not the like the turnpikes and all that that are raised, the turnpike and I-95. So the mapping app had put me through an exit while a car was trying to come out, so I had to turn around and go out. And it actually put me in an area where it wasn't where we were going. So we ended up having a detour and go around and look for, um, you know, with a goddamn mapping app. I even put in the uh, exact address. It put me in the education center of the hospital because it's a teaching hospital. And we're walking around. And the hospital's... Uh, we were talking to people trying to get some information for some, but we weren't in the area where patients were. So there weren't extra people there to point people out because, the you know, if it was the education section of the hospital, it's for students and they should know where they're going. So I'm parking. I'm saying it didn't say you can't park here, but then there's a sign that says unauthorized people will be towed, but I thought it was for the area that it was in. We ended up having to move again and look. You know, we spent about 10 minutes looking for where we're supposed to be and we ended up getting there and getting in a parking garage and we were supposed to be there we got there about 10 minutes after 7 we were supposed to be doing it between 7 and 7.30 fine and she was supposed to be taken in around 7.30 quarter of 8 which kind of happened she got in and so I'm sitting there and the, it was only supposed to take 45 minutes to an hour according to the doctor so when they go behind those doors, when the area which there's no access for the rest of us, that's it. That's all the information you're going to get. I got the people that sit behind the desk 
that monitor the area and accept payment and you know the scheduling but they don't know anything that's going on in there and they just come out and call you when it's done and so my expectation was 9 30 10 o'clock well I fell asleep because of the sleep before I was listening to a podcast sitting in a chair and holding on to Abby's purse and I wake up 9.30 said, I said, well, I'm not going to better wake up because she could be out in the next half hour. So a half hour rolls by nothing. Then another half hour. Now it's close to 11 and I get a call. And he asked me where I am. And I said, I'm right outside the doors. And they go, well, can you come in? I said, I can't come in. The door's locked. They said, oh, you're in the lobby. And I said, yes. Where do you think I'm going to be? I'm waiting for her. You know, it's not like I'm going to take off and go someplace while she's she's having this procedure done. And they come out and they tell me something. They don't tell me. They said, oh, it's taking a little longer for her to come out. And I'm thinking she was under for, it's after the operation, and she's under two hours later. So I'm asking questions. They're not telling me anything. She goes, I'll be back in five minutes. Okay. Now I was a little antsy before it, but five minutes turned into a half hour. I started pacing after 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. Then I go up and then 30 minutes later, I go, listen, I told the person at the uh, desk outside uh, the secure access. I said, listen, when someone comes up and tells you five minutes and they don't come back for a half hour, your, your imagination starts running wild. And you start thinking, you know, there were complications of this, why she's still coming out of it. And it's two and a half hours after, or, you know, almost two hours after this is supposed to be done, you know, normally they don't come out that slowly. And, you know, and they were talking about pain. And I said, I need a little more information. Could you ask them to come out? And eventually waited like 10 more minutes. Eventually they came out and I looked at, the person I said listen you need to tell you you can't tell someone five minutes and not talk to them for a half hour oh we're, they were going out on lunch they were going out on lunch I'm a new person I go well maybe you need to communicate and I'm just waiting for a survey to come up and I say listen any aggravation that I had could have been alleviated and you got to appreciate the situation when we came in there were like six seven people waiting and then there got to be like another 10 came into the area and you know some of them were uh, couples bringing in children other people were spouses with their significant others and some families and so so they all went in and at the time when I was waiting it was getting near lunch it was me and someone other lady who arrived after me and everyone had left already Everyone that had from the earlier, because this wasn't as serious, the, the operations right there, as intricate as the ones in other parts of the hospital. So I'm sitting there looking around. I'm like, there's no one here left. I'm not getting any information and stuff like that. And all they needed to do was say to me, and this is what it turned out, they started to procedure it an hour and a half late. And... She ended up uh, being under for a little longer and experienced a little pain. So that would explain everything. And it would say, hey, listen, 
this is what happened. We started we started at nine thirty, nine eight o'clock, and um, she stayed on there a little longer. It's all of three seconds. I said, "You just give a." I said, "Just give a little information." It says, "You know, people want to know those things, and they don't. They don't understand." I mean, I guess they didn't understand. If I understood that someone's really nervous outside, I would just say, hey, listen, everything went well, which it did, and she's taking a little longer. Because I told her, I said, I'm not in a hurry. I just need a little information because my mind's running wild. And when your mind's running wild, there's little things that put you at ease. You know, you can, you can think in your head, well, it's not, probably nothing. It's probably nothing. Your mind, you start preparing yourself for the worst. The worst. And I'm thinking when that door opened, I could just pop right in here. I'm looking at the people in there. There's nobody who's going to be able to stop me from getting to her and just say, I just want to see Abby. Just I had my mask on. I just want to see Abby. So, yeah. And it turned out it was fine. So, when there's a little mystery, at which we, in life, like if someone's waiting for anything, but I know people flipping out. I mean, I was this was a hospital thing. I had people flip, flipping out because their chicken parm didn't come out on time. On Valentine's Day. And there's, you know, 200 people in the restaurant. So, and I didn't flip out. I didn't get up and leave. I didn't, I didn't shout. I did, did this strained tone. You know, this is, imp- I, I'm going like this. You don't tell people five minutes and then wait 30 minutes in this particular situation. I've waited for my car before and I had to wait three additional hours. I didn't flip out because it's my car and, you know, they were going to fix it. And it's just because they were busy. It doesn't work. It doesn't work in a hospital. It doesn't. Your mind starts running. Same thing with a flight. Imagine if you're waiting that thing and the flight didn't arrive and you just say it's sitting over there. The flight's sitting on the tarmac and it's just waiting to come up to the gate. Well, people say, hey, the flight's arrived. We're just waiting for the gate to open up so they can come in. And some people say, oh, I'm nervous. I'm going to make a connection. Well, you can get upset about that, but at least you have the information. I know sometimes people, you're probably thinking, Jim, you should practice what you, pe- uh, you preach. And I, did, I didn't lose it. I almost lost it. Righteous, righteous anger. God damn it. you got to give me that information. No, no, I don't. No, I don't. I control that information. I'm not going to tell you as little as possible. Well, that's... Um, that's all for that, but it turns out she's doing all right. She's recovering. She's going to have a couple of days off before she goes back to work next week. And uh, I'd like to thank everyone that uh, that in uh, South Beach and stuff like that, and all friends and stuff like we've been wishing Abby well. Um, she had an a very unusual birthday yesterday, considering she had a procedure done on her birthday. But we were we were very fortunate the night before to have a lovely evening, and uh, I would highly recommend. What was the name? The name of the oh, and it was ironic. The name of the hotel we stayed at was called the Meridian. 
It's on the 5th and Meridian. And the name of the street I grew up when I lived in, when I was a young lad in Philadelphia, was called Meridian Street, spelled exactly the same way. It was a tiny little row home. And actually, the room I lived in, when I lived on Meridian Street in the back, we had, did we have bunk beds? I think we had bunk beds, my brother and I, was about the same size as a hotel room, which was tiny. Tiny, which, which I don't have a problem with tiny rooms. When I was in high school, I was a late comer to my father's house, meaning my father had bought a house for he and his mother and my sister, who was in Philadelphia. And I was living with my mother until I decided I wanted to go to high school in Philadelphia. My mom was getting married to her third husband, a military guy, and I didn't want to live on any more military bases. My dad was retiring, and I just wanted to go to one high school. So they didn't have an extra bedroom for me. So that my bedroom was under the stairs, much like Harry Potter, or for you older people, a show, a movie from uh, the seventies called Bad Ronald, where this crazy kid is abandoned in this house where these people move in after his mother's die, and he's living in this under the steps. Well, the steps in the house I lived in in Philadelphia and I talked about I was going to take a look was the steps down to the family room on the sub it was a basement but it wasn't a basement because the back of the basement the um, had sliding glass doors that went to a backyard so the side of the basement was there was earth and the front of the basement was the garage and I was in the hallway between when you leave the family room to go down the hallway under the steps to where the the uh, washer and dryer was and the heater and all that stuff. And the garage was to the right. The nice thing in the winter, in the winter time, I was right where the heater was. So I didn't freeze my ass off. And I had my own room, actually. I had my own, like, bachelor pad, if you think about it. I slept under the steps. But my door was too, the, at the foot of my bed, I had my dresser on the lower part of the steps had a parked underneath and had a, a like a little single bed under there that had paneling I paneled it and I put a little sound system in but the family room wasn't used all the time so we had a TV in there and had a little a uh, little half bathroom in there so we got you know a little you know a sink and a toilet and uh, I would shower we had two uh, bathrooms on the uh, second floor of the house and uh, I, that was my pad. So I was used to tiny. And then I lived in a dorm room. I was in the Navy for a little while. And I am not uh, averse to having tiny living spaces. Matter of fact, the nice thing about tiny living spaces is it's very easy to clean up. You got to keep things a little tidy. But that's about it. Well, I'd like to thank you for listening. It was a lovely day. I got a little, I got a great rest last night, though. So did the wife. Um, so I will be back, I think, on Thursday. I'll see if I can pop in maybe tomorrow. But have a great day. Thank you for listening. Um, and I'd like to say hello to my f- uh, new friends, friends of Poland. Thank you, Justina, for uh, stopping by. And new friends I met in South Beach, uh, Layla, the bartender, and Dito, the DJ. 
Uh, have a great day. And I highly recommend the Meridian Hotel if you're ever there. And the Aria, uh Restaurant Bar and Grill on 5th Street in South Beach. Talk to you later. Bye. This man has just entered the gas price madness zone, pushed over the edge by skyrocketing gas prices. The remedy? Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Hey, wait a minute. Did you just say there's a free app I can get that'll actually pay me cash back on every gallon of gas I buy? Yes. Escape the gas price madness zone with the Upside app and earn real cash back on every gallon of gas you buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of the theatrics. Just tell me more about this Upside app. Okay. It's super easy. Just download the free app and use it whenever you buy gas. Upside users can earn hundreds of dollars in cash back. Wow. Thanks, announcer guy. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code MINUTE for an extra 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code MINUTE for a 25 cents per gallon or more bonus on your first tank. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the great resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Philips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.